What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Best Of. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. And for those of you who weren't able to listen to every podcast that I did this week, don't worry. I'm not too mad about it. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Just disappointed. But I still got you covered. We got you every week here with a Best Of where I'm going to give you a taste of everything that was in the podcast feed. All right, next, here's a portion of this week's interview on Out of Character. You look to me. You look like someone who adventure. That's fully how I would uh, explain <laughs> you. Just from watching your social media, I'm like, man, this person scrolls Instagram, sees something cool there, and is like, I'm gonna go do that, and then <laughs> and then does. <laughs> yeah, I try to live life like that. You know, I I just feel very fortunate for all the things I've been able to do over the years and the travels I've done, and I just tried to capitalize on that and make the most of it. And you know, having this this break away from uh, WWE, I had five years actually where I was um, able to just kind of go after all the things that I'd been wanting to do, and uh, you know, travel the world and have that, that a bit more time in my. Um, my leisure time I guess and yeah I really just made the most of that and and did all these things like like you said if there was something I wanted to do I just thought okay how can I make this happen and those are things that like you know I really value in life is like memories um over you know something uh like you know uh, or social media likes or or something like that yeah anything like that um just an experience or a memory is something special to me in that sense I really enjoy What's the coolest place that you've traveled over the past few years? Oh, uh, so overall, I would say like I did a tour in New Zealand and it's just absolutely beautiful there. Um, and then Iceland was kind of like like another planet altogether. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it. Um, and then we went to Madcap and I went to the Dolomites um, and in Italy, and that was uh, one of my favorite trips by far. Um, so that was just, you know, a, a, a nice mixture of everything. It was beautiful weather, the mountains, we saw the city and, you know, a bit more further out um, in the like rural areas and did some awesome hiking and like where you could see 360 views of the Alps and just crazy stuff that you, you kind of pinching yourself, like, am I really here or is this really happening? That's so sick. Italy yeah, is one of my favorite places. I, 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 one of the places I've traveled where I was like, man, I could live here. This place is awesome. Oh yeah, it's just a beautiful place. Yeah, I, uh, I saw you did some climb in Alaska recently too. That looked insane. Yeah, so we actually went um, to Juneau. So you have to fly in there, and then we went out whale watching, and then we did a glacier. Uh, helicopter tour so we landed on the, the glacier and then did some trekking on the glacier with like these ice boot things and it's something I've never done before but it was really cool that's I would be way too scared to do that like I <laughs> I don't think that I could be like well I'm just gonna go wear these ice boots and climb up the side of a mountain like that I mean we didn't really know what we were doing <laughs> but that's kind of what I like about it is like I see something that looks like it it, it would be you know, something that I'm never going to forget or something like this is pretty lucky that I could even be able to do this. So I'm like, I should do it. I should, you know, make the most of it. And 
Um, and yeah, you just kind of figure it out as you go. I mean, it's not that hard. It's not like we climbed the, the full on mountain. We, we landed on the glacier, but, and then just did some trekking and they kind of taught you how to do a little bit too. So yeah, you're, cool. you're talking like it looked real simple. It looked wild like that. I, <laughs> oh, we just landed a helicopter on a mountain. Did all like, no, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, were you, have you like always been like that or was there like a certain time in your life where you were like you know what dude i just got to make the most of my life and 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 made the decision to start kind of like being more adventurous uh you know i definitely think it's something that's grown over the years um i do remember when i was younger and just kind of trying to break into the wrestling i was living in canada and and that was kind of my first taste of going overseas and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I always wanted to go to, you know, the United States of America. And these things were kind of seemed far or hard to do from Australia. So when I started to do that, I just got more and more curious. And then I think I grew a greater appreciation for, you know, the outdoors and the adventure side of things. Um, even after leaving WWE, I believe, because that's when I had a bit more time. I realized there are so many beautiful places in the world and often we don't get time to see them when we're, you know, in and out for a show. So I would go back and try and make the most of it and, and do a show here or there and then stay for a week and, and explore. And that's when I just started thinking like, you know, there's just so much of the world to see and do. And, and I really need to just do as much of it as I can. So it, it just grew and grew. And then I started to really love hiking a lot. Um, you see so much more than you can see, you know, in a car, sometimes you just can't get to these places. So, um, and I kind of like the thrill of like a high hike with like a cliff drop or a, and the edges. And I kind of like that for some reason. Think, you know, because of the fact that you've lived an adventurous lifestyle, I would imagine since you were a little kid, since you started training at like 13 years old, you, you know, moved to America, you know, you have done this, these things that it does take a lot of guts to do. And so, um it doesn't surprise me to see that like now that you're older you're like okay well now i gotta take it a step further and do all these really cool life experiences so i keep that going well i think it, it does tie into when i was a kid for sure um you know my mom used to take me on these little adventures like road trips would go fishing and would you know do fun things like that and i think i held on to that and then also um you know just realizing that I, I was able to travel these places around the world now and just kind of expanded on that. And uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it. So I, I kind of have that mentality of like, if, if I can go, when I want to do something, I just find a way to do it basically. Do you have like a, like a saved, like a, like a notes app or in, in your notes app of like places that you still, that you've seen online or whatever oh, yeah. you want to get? Yeah. What's number one right now? Greece. Greece. That's a good one. Yes. So um, Greece is for sure number one. I've never been and I am trying not to go um, until it's like a special trip. I always uh, kind of joke about I think that's like a good, uh, like a honeymoon spot. <laughs> but I need to get married first for that. <laughs> well, I so mean. So I'm really getting ahead of myself. But um, I also want, have wanted to go to Norway for a long time mm. and there's some pretty epic hikes there and massive cliff drops and just like these beautiful scenery. So I definitely want to go to Greece and Norway, I would say, are my top uh, picks. Those are good ones. Those those are, yeah, that sounds dope. My my wife really wants to go back to Greece. She's always like, we got to go to Greece. I think 
for our honeymoon, we're going to go to Bora Bora. That's where we're planning to go. Because I've always, I've always wanted to do those huts on the water. Yep. I know all about it. I have so many things. It's like I have a longest list and then I have cities in each place and then what to do in each place. And then I have, um, you know, like real saved and I have everything. So, um, and then I, I tend to get people that all message me and be like, Hey, I saw you went to, you know, Italy, whatever it was. I'm like, where would you go? And then I'll start sending out all my ideas to friends and I spread the word. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost like a travel uh, concierge sometimes. <laughs> That's I'm going to I'm going to have to ask you for your Bora Bora document then see see what you can help make happen out there for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so I had that right though. You've been training to wrestle you'd like started training to wrestle at 13, right? Right. Yeah, in Australia I started when I was 13. Crazy. <laughs> I feel like people don't it's start really training young. to wrestle at 13 young. years old anymore. Yeah, I mean that it's super young. I'm um, like back then I was very um I was uh, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say like a troublemaker, but I was definitely like stubborn and I, you know, maybe a bit of a tomboy and I kind of knew I wanted to wrestle. And I remember uh, I saw a, a poster for a local show up and I instantly said to my mom, like, oh, if they have a show, then they must have training. So you need to take me to train. <laughs> and she was just like, absolutely not. You're, you know, I think I was even younger then, like 11, probably when I first tried to go. And she's just like, no chance. And then um, I, I basically bothered her for another two years, I think, eventually, till she just gave in and took me. Um, so she used to come with me and sit with me and train, you know, once a week or whatever it was during my schooling. Um, but yeah, that's how it all started. And then obviously I, I finished my schooling. And then it was when I was 19, I moved over to Canada to get the professional training with Lance Storm. So I feel like that was probably a pretty easy decision to make then for you. It wasn't something that you were like, that you mulled over like, oh, do I leave Australia? It feels like you were like, yeah, I'm going to go train with Lance Storm. Well, I, I think I found out about it maybe, um, I don't know, within like a year of um, me finishing high school. And I went to university for a year and I just, just like thought, okay, I, I can do this, but do I love it? Not really. And I thought, I just need to go try this wrestling thing that you know I've been obsessed with my whole life. Um, and so at that point, I just booked a ticket to Canada and paid for Lance's school and decided to go. So I really was lucky in that sense that I, I guess I tried to make the university thing work, but it just wasn't for me. And then um, I was very sure, always very sure of what I wanted to do, which was just to wrestle, really. So I'm lucky it worked out because I didn't have a backup, really. But um, but yeah, I definitely went after it and had in my mind uh, what I knew, like, you know, what I would need to do to make it a reality. And I just put all my effort and all my energy, uh, into that for years. I was talking with, uh, someone else recently on the show and I've been talking about it with others about that plan B thing. And I feel like it's probably for anyone who's a, wants to get in, you know, a certain field, I feel like that plan B is something that holds people back. Like you, you don't, you don't need. You, like if you have a plan B, oh, yeah? that's going to be like the safe option. You're going to go that way anyways. And so I think it's better to not have a plan B because then you get to have find success like you did. Maybe I don't know. Um, I definitely have people say, you know, were you scared or worried or you know? And I just thought, well, no, not really. <laughs> and I don't know if like maybe I should have been, but I just was very much like I want to do this, so I'll figure it out. You know. 
Um, yep. And I knew, I think more important than anything, I knew that it made me happy and I loved it. And, and that was always it for me was wrestling. So that made it easier, I think. It was very clear to me that I wanted to do that. Was Lance Storm uh, a tough coach? Mm, I wouldn't say tough. He's a good coach. Um, I guess he's very, you know, by the book, you know, very, uh, he's very good in his teaching and make sure everyone did things right and had the right knowledge um, and, and thorough in his teaching. Um, but I wouldn't say like, you know, he, well, I mean, I, I did, I had a class with all the guys and, and I think he gave me good opportunity to learn and I was able to do a lot with them and I loved it. I loved every second of it. So I guess I say tough um, because when I, when I think of Lance Storm, things. I think of just like such a serious faced person, <laughs> you know, that it would, it would intimidate me. I feel like. Yeah. Well, um, he's definitely known for that, but over the years uh, he became a friend and, uh, there were, I spent many t uh, many months or even years probably all together in Canada and um, going back to the school and jumping in the ring with some new students from a new class. Um, and then I was living in Calgary and then Vancouver when I was wrestling around for other independent promotions and kind of, um, you know, working up my resume and just getting the experience I needed. So, um, you know, without him, that was like one of the, the main steps to me getting to where I am today. All right, well, let's talk about today. Like you said, we're here. We're at today. You're finally back in WWE. Super excited about it. When did the possibility of returning to WWE first come about? So I guess it was, um, would have been within a few months after Triple H returned. And um, I actually was working with Impact and my contract was coming up and I guess maybe even uh, without really realizing it, I had this idea in my mind that maybe I'm done with impact and maybe there are other, you know, options that I should explore and, and to, to kind of see what's possible. And, and that was probably coming from me watching WWE and seeing all these, you know, awesome changes and triple H what he was doing. And, and I know I had that kind of, you know, good rapport with him and, you know, all the stuff he did at NXT. So I just probably in the back of my mind started thinking like, I wonder if I could actually go back to WWE. Um, and then, yeah, it was within um, a short time after that, probably a month or two, uh, we ended up in touch and, and he actually said to me that I've been, that he's been meaning to reach out even sooner that I've been on his list and, uh, he's just been swamped, basically, as you can imagine. So that's kind of where the conversation finally kicked off um, and then went from there. And then, yeah, next thing you know, I'm actually back. So I joked about it so many times. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is actually happening. I'm coming back to WWE after five years. Yeah, you tweeted. You said uh, five years ago today, I was heartbroken, feeling like my dream had come to an end. Today, my heart is so full. I'm overwhelmed by the amount of support I have. You guys are the best. Now I've got some unfinished business to take care of. I can imagine that like returning so close to the five-year anniversary of your release and knowing that you've grown as a person and a performer, it had to have just felt so surreal. Yeah, it really was. Um, I just, I mean, I'm still kind of pinching myself sometimes um, because I, I just, I just really enjoy what I do and, um, and, 
yeah just I guess we joked about it even Madcap and I we joked about it so many times like imagine if we actually like worked together and and all these you know storylines that we joke about and things we would do and then we actually end up I end up back on the same show as him and and then in a storyline together which we never even like had discussed or I mean sorry we joked about but we never really thought it would happen and we didn't discuss it with other people you know so so wait that came out of left field that wasn't something that the two of you said hey we'd like to do something on tv not at all that wasn't us crazy that wasn't us I know but it kind of seemed like you'd think maybe it was but we just had obviously he has his own ideas and I have mine and and I just thought okay they're bringing me back and uh you know had this and that in my mind and then I think it was like a, a week or two in they're like okay we're gonna put you guys together and we we're like what <laughs> so but then I was like this is cool we get to like work together and be a on-screen uh couple like what a cool thing so we're definitely you know just making the most of it that's got to be nice to have heard from Triple H and have him say that you were on his like list of people that he was working to to bring back. Had you maintained a relationship with him at all in that time away? That just like not no not at all. Nope. <laughs> I hadn't spoke to anyone really um, for five years. When I left, um, it was you know I definitely was heartbroken, and I kind of went out on my own and and um, traveled around the world, did independent shows and. You know, I remember like uh, Tony Storm and I were the first main event uh, on a WXW show in Germany. And like we started doing all these like big things that hadn't really been done a lot in like independent wrestling and for women. And so for me, I just did a lot of international touring uh, and some uh, just continue to wrestle and then travel. But really, I was very removed from WWE for all that time. Um, hadn't you know been to a show or really talked to many people even outside of like my closer friend group and and uh, yeah so it was definitely uh, very random when when we spoke and I was just kind of thinking well I know you know some of my best years uh, and where it all started you know in NXT and that run I had there and the, the stuff I did with Paige and NXT the first arrival and takeover is like we were a big feature uh, for the women on those shows. And I was like, that was all with, with Triple H. So, you know, I just definitely had that in my mind and had this excitement of, you know, the possibilities of working with him again and what we could do. And yeah, now it's all come together full circle. So very happy to be back. You know, in talking about that early era of NXT and you being right in the middle of it, or even when you left doing stuff in other companies where you have helped push women's wrestling, forward do you feel that like you get enough credit though for being involved in the movement that ushered in the women's evolution in wwe because i don't know sometimes i feel like people forget that like you were in the same mix as charlotte and Paige and sasha and bailey and and all those people yeah um so you think i need more credit well i mean i, I mean i, I kind of yeah lastly here's a portion of the smackdown roundup out and Imperium get outpowered by Strowman. Strowman then does his run around the ring, but Gunther moves and Braun goes through the barricade. Imperium then take advantage and hold him into a submission move until referees try to break things up. And eventually, Ricochet is the one who makes the save with a chair, causing Imperium to dip out. Strowman versus Gunther, I'm into that. It's a good match for the Royal Rumble. Two big dudes beefing it out, 
over the Intercontinental title. I'm, I'm, I like it. And I also... I don't hate this friendship forming between Ricochet and Braun Strowman, especially after everything Braun Strowman had said about flippy wrestling. To have him do a turn of a change of heart, turn around, be working with Ricochet now, does kind of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say <laughs> make good on what he said, but I think that I have a feeling Ricochet is opening his eyes to what flippy wrestling can be in a positive way. So I like that we're still getting stuff between Ricochet and Strowman here. I like that Ricochet is still involved in the intercontinental title scene. Um, I think that overall, Gunther's title reign has been great. I don't see Braun Strowman being the one to take the title off of him yet. There's no reason to take the intercontinental title off of Gunther yet. The guy is raising the importance of that title. And if that's the case, there's no reason to take it off him. That's what you want a superstar to do. Take that title and raise the importance of it. Elevate it to a level it wasn't at before. And that's exactly what we've been getting with Gunther. And Strowman is a great competitor to put on the opposite side of the ring as Gunther. Gunther and Strowman... Just slapping the hell out of each other is going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. And I think that it's not, I don't believe it's going to be on the level of like a Sheamus versus Gunther, but I do think that these two guys can get nasty with each other. I think these two guys can really, uh, can really stand out on the card by just beating the hell out of each other. And that's what I think we're going to see just a beefy battle of big men. And I'm going to be into that. Hopefully it's a... Oh, wait, no, it's not Royal Rumble. I said Royal Rumble. What am I talking about? It's next week on SmackDown, I believe, right? Is that what they said? I said Royal Rumble here. Excuse me. Uh, this is what happens when I don't write a note to myself. But I believe that that's what they said. That, let's see. Next week, King Ricochet and AJ Francis. And next week, Drew McIntyre. Oh, no, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus uh, for the tag titles. And then two weeks on SmackDown. That's what it was. Two weeks on SmackDown, Gunther against Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental title. Well, wait a second. Hold on. Let me look at my let me look at my trusty calendar here. Uh, wait, two weeks. So that's the thirteen. Two weeks before. I bet you we're still gonna get Gunther versus Braun Strowman at at Royal Rumble. But still, that's gonna be a good main event. In two weeks as well. Make sure you watch it on Fox. Live on Fox. The mothership. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm into that. Lastly, finally here at the main event. John Cena and Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Sami and Kevin start the match. And it's not long before KO gives Sami a bloody nose. Cena kept trying to tag in. But Roman wouldn't let him. Owens had to hit a, a pop-up powerbomb on Zayn. Uh, but Roman broke up the pin and dragged Sammy to the corner to tag himself in. Roman attempted to hit the Superman punch. But KO ducked it and took control of the match. Then hit a frog splash. Then went for a pop-up powerbomb. But Roman reversed it with a Superman punch. And attempted a spear right after. 
But Owens moved out of the way and finally tagged Cena into the damn match. Cena then hit some of his signature moves and tagged Owens back into the match. And then they did a dual five-knuckle shuffle. Cena hit the AA on Roman, and Kevin hit the stunner on Sammy for the win. Everyone goes home happy. Um, Fun match. Very fun match. Definitely, um, when you got all these guys in the ring, it's going to be fun. John Cena was his usual John Cena self, animated as hell, making sure that everyone was cheering for that hot tag. And he really, really, they, they, they did a great job of building up that tension and building up the anticipation for when John Cena was finally going to tag in. I just, when I watch these, when I watch John Cena wrestle in, on SmackDown or whatever, when it's not on pay-per-view, I always just kind of like want a little more. But I also understand the guy's got to play it safe. The guy's got movies. The guy's got TV shows. The guy's got to keep his body intact so he doesn't screw up his acting career. He's got to keep that moneymaker looking good. Can't get busted open like Sami Zayn. And Kevin Owens did in this match. And Kevin Owens was bu- more busted up than Sammy by the end. Guy had a bloody eye. Apparently had a black eye backstage. and um, So he, he definitely got the, the... He definitely got it worse than Cena here in this match. That couldn't happen to Cena. That would have been bad if that happened to Cena. Now, this match is over. Okay, so the match is done. I think the big question is... Are we going to see John Cena again soon? You know, they, they talked about how he's got to rest. You know, the whole thing was like, oh, you know, I'm wrestling. I got to make sure that I hit my 20-year record. I got to wrestle once this year, so I'm going to be on SmackDown. But I almost feel like it's a red herring. I feel like John Cena is going to be in the Royal Rumble. I think it's going to happen. Am I crazy for thinking that? I just, you know, when you, you know, I just... I think he's got a true—I say it like this is an epiphany, but John Cena clearly has a true appreciation for where he came from. He cares about the WWE audience. He cares about the people who have continued to support him. And you could see that in this match. You could see it when he came out and he was saying—you know, he was talking to the cam and uh, gave me goosebumps what he was saying, but I have a hard time believing that John Cena— is not wrestling at WrestleMania in Hollywood. He's a movie star now. He was in the original WrestleMania Hollywood promotional stuff. But the guy's a movie star now. We're going to have movies. St- we, want, we want to have all the movie star people on the marquee. You got to have John Cena there. So, I think he's going to be in the Royal Rumble and something is going to happen there. Obviously, there's multiple options. Theory, Logan Paul, Gunther. Those are my top three contenders for who John Cena should wrestle at WrestleMania. Gunther, if I, you know, if I'm doing the marquee thing where I think it has to be big names only, it might rule out Gunther. Gunther. So that leaves you with Logan Paul and Theory. Theory, it's already. In, you know, it's already been set up. There's already an easy way to get there. 
But the more I think about it, the more I think that Logan Paul versus John Cena makes the most sense. Logan Paul is a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. Pulls a John Cena, comes back from injury sooner than you'd expect. Eliminates John Cena from the Royal Rumble. Gets eliminated himself right after. And there's your setup. John Cena versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania in Hollywood. That's what I want to see. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be one. That would be a huge match that would get people talking. And Logan has shown he can do what needs to be done to entertain in that ring. And I think that even though John Cena might be rusty at that point, John Cena can still lead a match, and he can still lead Logan Paul to a match that's going to elicit the biggest reaction possible from that Hollywood crowd. Well, the SoFi crowd. It's not necessarily in Hollywood. WrestleMania Los Angeles, we'll say. But I think that's where it's going. Now, when it comes to Sammy and Kevin and the Usos, that I'm a little less sure of where it goes but I do think Kevin Owens is the match at Royal Rumble against Roman Reigns that would make the most sense right now that's what I think this is going and I hope that we're not seeing Sammy get kicked out of the bloodline anytime soon even though the cracks are definitely starting to show now all that being said I just want to say I just criticize things and pick things apart all that aside, I really, really enjoyed this main event. It was so fun to see Cena doing his some of his five moves of Doom. Um, and I really enjoyed this show as a whole. Even though it was the last one of the year, I think because it was so heavily hyped, I think it was the best SmackDown of the year. Now I'd have to go back and look at all my notes and see what I think. But this one really felt like a lot happened. Every single segment was jam-packed with something newsworthy, something big, something um, something awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, I really felt like this was a home run episode. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Before I get out of here, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you enjoyed this little taste of the roundups, you'll get full Raw and SmackDown roundups every week so make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed and check those out i put a lot of work into them so i hope that you're enjoying them and if you are enjoying them make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on i think you can only leave an actual review on apple podcast but leave a, a rating on spotify just let people know you like this show please i want more people to listen to it <laughs> Also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday on video. So go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. There's also clips from Raw and SmackDown there. There's clips from Out of Character. There's YouTube shorts. There's a community tab. Everything that you would want out of a YouTube channel in wrestling is there on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. So go make sure you subscribe and also follow WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of them. So make sure you are following us there. All right, you go have a great Sunday. 
And we'll be back Monday, tomorrow, to talk about Monday Night Raw once over.